0: Welcome to a world of thrills, a world of drama, of capes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. It's the DC Comics Review Show number 154 right here on the Geek Matrix Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. This is the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. It's Rob here, and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host, Josh.
1: <laughs> hey everybody, how's it going? I love being on this podcast, even if my dream job is to clean mirrors, because I can really see myself doing that. Uh not even <laughs> not even gonna recognize that one. <laughs> no. God damn it. <laughs> there was giggle. I got it. oh no. right. I need an applause button. All right. uh all <laughs> right. so
0: Brandon is off at his first music festival.
1: Yes, he this is lucky
0: guy. yeah it, uh it was a pretty cool lineup. I didn't recognize a lot of names but but uh, I, did, the I did names I do recognize are, are pretty awesome. yeah.
2: indeed. I guess what's what's the prevalent genre there?
1: Um, indie rock kind of yeah. kind of style. It's it, a a wide variety of indie rock. Like I think you would really like Shaggy Graves, yeah. and uh, and Brandy Carlisle. I think you Fair would enough. like both of those. Matter of fact, I, I I will almost guarantee you will like both of those.
0: Right on. Okay, I'll check it out. I do like some good indie rock, so I'll check that out.
1: Everything gets played in my house, man. Now, yeah, I'm too old to handle heavy metal anymore, but I used to. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, I rock all the way to coffee shop lo-fi. Everything in between oh, yeah. gets played <laughs> in my house. Dude. So, right on. Yep.
0: Lo- lo-fi is just a kind of a subgenre that i've not been able to get into i just i i don't what dislike it? it lo-fi oh
1: lo-fi yeah. it's
0: it's it's not that i dislike it i just don't have an affinity for it you know it's not it's nothing i hate like country but right. it's
1: yeah well yeah oh, it's just I not yeah we don't we really don't do country here yeah yeah just no i i do like
0: good country i don't do 90% of country. <laughs> 90.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'll I'll go there for sure. 95% yeah. of country. I'll say Shania, Shania Twain, definitely good country. Shania Twain is not good country. Shania Twain is not good at anything. She's not you're not the, good at anything. <laughs> she's not even the best Canadian export. She's not even the top 25 best Canadian exports, dude. Like Brian Adams is, is a better export. Than, than 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 um her more Morrisette absolutely Jim Carrey there's so okay if, if if you are categorizing poutines it poutines are better than Shania you gotta Fain.
0: categorize it we're talking musical acts you can't throw Jim Carrey and poutine on that list <laughs> why not <laughs> because we're talking musical acts
1: well, that's not fair there you don't have enough big cities to have that many big musical acts we got how okay. I don't know. I guarantee you, you there's at least
0: 30 musical acts you've heard of that are out of Canada that some you might not even realize.
1: All right. So there's at least 30 musical at acts that are out of Canada. Yes. Right. And to come up with a top 25 list, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Shania, Shania Twain will, it will definitely be 26 to 30 somewhere. No, <laughs> she'll yeah. be up there. No. When nope. you have your Nickelbacks and Justin Bieber's? nope. I'll go find all the shit that was popular. Popular on what was what's it called? Much TV, much more music, and much, much more music. music, much music, yeah, much music. That's what it was. I'll oh, go they, find they had a good mix though. All the shit that was on there, say Circa two thousand four. That's when I was watching it. It
0: <laughs> <There> was, <laughs> was actually a lot of Canadian stuff at that time.
1: There was Billy talent, really, simple really Plan. really cool Mariana's trench. Um <laughs> really cool. I keep wanting to say that there's street profits, but that's not what it was called. Um, but I I I can't remember, but it was they were huge around that time, and they they were always on much more music or much music TV, whatever it was called. During two thousand like four area two thousand four. Let's see, yeah, because I was twenty one. Two
2: 2001
1: to two thousand four might have been Nardwar. No, he was an interviewer No, it wasn't Nardwar.
2: <laughs> no,
1: no, I'm uh... almost sure that it had the name Profits in it. Actually, but. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't either. They were good, though. Yeah. Well, R&B slash rap. Canadian, which surprised the shit out of me. It kind of caught me off guard. Canadian? Not your typical simple plan.
2: Ugh. Ugh. Simple plan.
0: (laughs) Ugh. Simple Canadians. No, they're not
2: i can't oh, god damn it
0: it's it's my wife loves simple plan <laughs> <laughs> i can't stand simple plan there's few bands in this world i absolutely despise simple plan is up there on that list All of bands I despise. for me oh yeah you can't stand them
1: i i hate them yeah yep yes yeah, I've told yeah. this story before, I'm sure, but I used to do concert security um, right. in, in, in Michigan and uh, did did a lot of concert security. And one one of my gigs was at Warp Tour and well, it was at the very pinnacle of the All-American Rejects uh, popularity. Right. And what was their biggest base audience crowd, Rob? Teenage girls. Teenage girls, age...
0: Uh, I'll say 13 to 19.
1: Okay. And if you're a security guard for all American rejects to protect them from the entire ocean of 13-year-old girls that are slamming up against that gate, are you allowed to turn around or look away from that ocean? What would you think? Hell no. <laughs> you're, not, you're not allowed <laughs> to turn the away The second from that you ocean.
0: turn your back to that crowd, somebody's you're slipping screwed. past you. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, so you, you, you got that. I not, not allowed to turn away from the crowd, um, or else people could get hurt. Uh, and do you know what girls do when they're absolutely going ape shit nuts at a concert with people they're completely in love with jumping, clawing, screaming, crying, (laughs) and taking boobs out.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, Yes. That was the
1: last time that I worked. That 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 I, that was the very last time that I did security for uh, a popular uh, pop band. I never well, wait, did this, security for pop bands at all. This was at Warp Tour.
2: Th-
0: yeah, so like this is Warp Tour though. So yes. there's a good chance, like a good, like maybe ninety plus percent of that crowd were legal age.
1: Oh, I don't know. No, I mean, definitely not there was a lot of 15 and 16 year old girls there, man. Oh, I did God not damn. like it. I did not like it at all. Uh, they shouldn't have been allowed to be there as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> music events, 18 years up and over. Please. Very young kids not very cool. Did not like that at all, yeah. but never did pop music after that. Punk music, um, rock, rap, classic rock all over the place did all kinds of security for all kinds of people but never again after that did i ever do it for anything that was ever played on the top 40 radio that's fair you're goddamn right it is (laughs) you get you
0: you you work for a lesser act you get treated better
1: yeah oh i mean fuck i worked for aerosmith and i got treated fantastic
0: Oh hell yeah! Like not to. I, mean, that, I was. There's I mean, going to be.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's going to be some huge acts still that are going to be like they're solid people, but like if you work a, with a smaller act, guaranteed they're not going to be douchebags to you.
1: Yeah, it depends. The biggest douchebags I ever worked with were Metallica. Um. Lars Ulrich in, in particular yeah. and uh, the two douche canoes from Collective Soul
0: oh god
1: they, they, they looked at me and acted like they were Eric fucking Clapton yeah. and I'm like <laughs> I mean by that time I was used to it you know I mean I am I was ahead uh, of the entire gate that, that was what my company was, I always had. I had to find the guys myself, but fifteen to twenty people to bring in and mm-hmm. do that area around the entire fucking stage. And so, I mean, being the guy that was in charge, I was kind of used to by at that point in time having them shake my hand as they came off the stage, thanking me for security, like most of them, nearly everybody had done. And instead of being like one of the ones that didn't shake your hand and i won't even name them but instead of being like the one one of the ones that didn't shake your hand and just kind of walk on by you like they're busy or or you're nothing whatever fine cool most of them shake your hand collective soul he literally said do you know who i am (laughs) no I waited until he was out of earshot cuz I couldn't say anything. You know, <laughs> jobs I waited till he was out of earshot and I'm like, yeah, a band that got popular popular for two songs and I bet you won't have another album. And everybody laughed and then it became mm. true. <laughs> <laughs> See, in situations <laughs> like that, like
0: I'll I'll take the write up, I'll take the heat and just go, "No, sorry, I don't know who you are."
1: Oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't risk that, dude. <laughs> Hell no. I mean, I got to do some really cool shit, and I made some really good money at the time doing it. So yeah. I wasn't about to risk it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the temptation was there. If if I would have lost it on anybody, it would have been Lars Ulrich. when I was leading my team of 20 men around the corner, behind the scenes, in the hallways. And um, Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield were uh, from Metallica were standing in the hallway, And they were um, talking to each other. And as I'm turning the corner, both of them turn and look at us. And I make eye contact with Lars Ulrich and James Hetfield. James Hetfield turns around. I continue to fucking walk. Lars Ulrich goes, hey, you motherfucker. So I stop and I turn around and I look at him because, you know, obviously... When you call somebody like that, you definitely are trying to get their attention. So we all turn around and he's pointing his finger and saying, don't you ever look at me again. Wow. Right. It's like, so you didn't like that. I looked at you first. So your idea was to stop me and have me look at you again. (laughs) Put your finger back.
2: (laughs) Really?
1: Uh, That's uh, that's the one I would have lost it on.
0: No, I get that. Like
1: have sold a bunch of plebes. I would have just been a smart ass. Yeah. I wanted to throw his drumsticks right at him. <laughs>
0: and Metallica, great music, but bunch of assholes. There are multiple stories out there of even just James
1: Hatfield being a dumbass. No, I'm sure James Hatfield's a dumbass. I'm sure he is. He didn't say anything to Lars, but Lars was yeah. the one that said that shit, and he's still cocksucker. Yeah yeah all right um <laughs> that's it anyway
0: oh uh, we, we've we already been vamping i was gonna say you got any news but we've been talking about news already um right. i do have one thing that there's in the rumor mill the and it's me i gotta bring this up the the fabled green lantern tv show that's been in and out of production for like the past i don't know eight years uh supposedly has had writers attached to it uh rumored head writers right now is um tom king and what the hell's the other guy's name <laughs>
1: oh shit uh oh david lindeloff
0: yeah, yeah. David Lindelof.
1: yay uh, right, Lindelof, you can go either way. Tom King, I have no faith in. And no one ever agrees with me. The whole world will probably enjoy this. Boy. See, I, I have we'll the see. same opinion, but reversed.
0: I think Tom King, I think, could go either way. Damon Lindelof, bluff. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. um We'll
1: see how it goes. Yeah. Lost was horrible. <laughs> like i don't know if i'll ever be able to forgive him for that he's had a couple of bad ones yeah his watchmen series was good yeah but sort of like cuz it it wasn't necessarily attached to yeah. the watchmen universe mm-hmm. you know um it it was but it didn't interact with any of the watchmen movie characters you know what i mean
2: yeah
1: it was just it was just connected to it And it was done really well so and and i enjoyed it but um, that wasn't mess with something that's currently existing.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. Like so, his his recent projects are really well received, where his older projects have some issues. Um, but that that kind of lends itself to think that maybe this could actually turn out good like <laughs> i was saying in our chat when, we'll when uh, i saw this rumor like they have one chance of getting this right after what happened with the movie they they have one more chance here and if they don't get it right there is no way in hell that there's going to be any more live action green lantern stuff it's just not going to happen
1: <laughs> yeah at least not for a long time
0: yeah, not for like, not not in my lifetime. Maybe when I'm 80. <laughs> and what bugs me now is that I was starting to feel this way recently, and then I read about the same. I read read some comments online about it too, feeling like the 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 same opinion that the 2011 movie kind of aged well in a way, yeah. where if you compare it to a lot of DC movies you've had since then. It's really not that bad. Like I still will say that the villains needed a lot of work. Oh and my god. A lot of problems. And they yeah. just did not get Hector Hammond at all. But <laughs> the, the rest of the cast and the rest of the story is actually pretty solid. About that fucking purple ass head, man. But
1: yeah. I don't know what was going on there. I don't know. Like I, like, I really would have rather seen a Sinestro story, which was going to be in the fucking sequel, but they screwed it up. <laughs> Mark Strong Sinestro,
0: easily the best part of that movie. Easily,
1: it was that should have been the first fantastic. story, and then they should have done Parallax. Parallax as a follow up. And then realize, because if they would have done it that way, they would have realized that that what they were putting out was not going to cut it.
0: Yeah. Also, don't make Parallax a giant fart cloud.
1: Why is Parallax a fart cloud? Don't change things. Why is Galactus a fart cloud? What is it up with changing space gods into fart clouds? You're a fart cloud. Did not make sense.
0: Having Parallax be an uh, uh, ex-Guardian, interesting twist. Um, I'm not about it though. But no. having him be this giant brown mist that's just flying, flying through space, did not care for that at all.
2: Space
0: far. And again, like they just completely for me, completely missed the mark on Hector Hammond. Comple- just
1: I feel like they missed the mark. See, Hal is a smart-ass, but he is not a -a laugh-a-minute Ryan Reynolds character. No. I think Ryan Reynolds did okay, but I definitely think that his talents are better served elsewhere, like Green Lantern. Or I I think that, um, once upon a time anyway, I think he would have made a fantastic actually he could probably still pull it off as long as he didn't need to be young uh booster gold oh hell yeah i think ryan reynolds would make an amazing booster gold perfect personality the whole nine yards
0: yeah
1: um i i i'm trying to think who would be it honestly the the person that i would want to be his ted cord is john leguizamo but i mean that wouldn't work yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be a little weird.
1: <laughs> um, so my next my next pick is John Hamm.
0: Ooh, that's Ted Cord. Yes. I like that. I know. Yeah.
1: I have lots of good ideas, my man. <laughs>
0: and and I I definitely agree with you there about Ryan Reynolds' version of Hal. Like it, that that was maybe the last true ryan reynolds performed ryan reynolds movie you know like for for a while in the 2000s every character he was doing was the same fucking character <laughs> serious but funny um yeah, and I his think, last I couple
1: think, of movies he's had that too that one where he's from the future oh yeah i haven't finished that, that one yet. was really i i enjoyed the shit out of it it's definitely yeah. a ryan reynolds film it's watered down Reynolds, but it's still there. Yeah. I like it. The action kind of muddles it up a little bit. And then Free Guy and um, Red Alert
2: mm-hmm.
1: are very much Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, they're enjoyable. The surrounding cast are are enjoyable. Um, like in Red Alert, uh, Gal, Gal Gadot and, and uh, Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds, they – They work really well together. Yeah. But I find in in those movies, like the the more current
0: movies, while he still has that that Ryan Reynolds feel, he's also going into the character more. Like as much as they have that Ryan Reynolds style to it, they're all, all three of them are all distinctly different characters at the same time. Whereas before Green Lantern, every character was the same fucking thing. There was barely a difference movie to movie but but i think green lantern kind of broke him out of that because he couldn't just be the same character was already being because he needed to have a bit more seriousness to you you needed to to be the hero type without the one-liners you needed to be two people at once so it's i think that kind of broke him out of his shell a little bit yeah um and then we, got Deadpool. <laughs> and the then we um, got Deadpool and the rest is history.
1: Then we got Deadpool yeah. and the rest is history. Josh Brolin, Hugh Jackman, uh, uh, hell yeah. Sazzy Beats. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: hell yeah. Hell yeah. Right. And and if we didn't get Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, it would have been Jack Black. And I just don't know how I feel about that.
1: I don't know how I feel about that either. Yeah. Jack, Jack Black was a little too portly to be a Green Lantern at that particular point in time.
0: Yeah, and he was gonna be Hal Jordan. It's <laughs> like I really. I mean, don't maybe know how if he was, he was Kilowog, in the maybe. I, I think I that. would enjoy. Or see,
1: Jack Black is Nort Kilowog or Yar... Oh. Larfley's
2: because Larflees, be
1: he looks so odd. He would have to be CG, right? Yeah. And Jack and Black could
2: do all kinds of
1: voices for him. I mean, yeah,
0: like he was the best voice in the Super excellent. Mario movie as Bowser. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> By sure. By far.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, he His voice work is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, there's other people out there who have uh, multiple talents as well, uh, like being a security guard on a... Uh, uh, spaceship
2: and writing comic books you
1: lost like me. michael doran
2: oh shit
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow i forgot well before we get into that do we have any honorable mentions this week
1: you're right we do um i got two night Terror's black adam number one It's a more interesting premise than what I've seen from the Joker and Poison Ivy, if I'm being honest. I'm wondering if I'm right. Obviously, it's Isis that's in there. I'm wondering if that's Osiris, to be sure. If you don't know what I'm talking about, well, then I guess you're going to have to go pick it up and or listen to me talk about it more on the bonus show. Um, Why Batman is showing up in full costume at the end with bats hanging on strings i'm not going to tell you any more than that you got to read it to get it it's awesome i really only
0: part that that last page is the only part i found interesting
1: (laughs) and then there's night terrors ravager um i like that brisson wrote this he is officially the go-to guy to write anything and all things deathstroke period um i liked it the weird ass evil death stroke grant and joseph was pretty damn creepy uh the twist at the end of the issue was cool it was simple but i didn't see it coming um it was done really well uh this is easily this is probably my favorite of the night terrors book this week including first blood as a whole um i i like straight up i'd give this issue at least an eight I, just because it was done so well considering the character's you know, Very fucking nice. evil Deathstroke, Grant and Joseph looked creepy.
0: Oh hell yeah! Uh mm-hmm. Ravager issue. Uh, the Ravager issue was really good.
1: Yes, it really drawing good is. Uh, you want to talk about nightmare shit? That's where the, that's where it shined right there. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all right, now we can go talk about Wharf <laughs> writing, uh, as Steel in Steelworks number two, brought to us by Josh. Hey.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's written by Michael Dorn, not by Wharf. Um, art team from Sammy Basri Vicente Sinfuentes, and Max Rayner on art and colors by Andrew Dollhouse and Matt Herms, Rob Lee Letters, and a cover from Clayman and Arif Prianto. Clayman, I am pretty sure, is a supervillain hiding in plain sight. Picking up from last issue. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus picking up from last issue steelworks has an intruder all of the security measures are enabled at the same time the system just cannot find the breach but Nat did she saw somebody running and phasing through walls as the person did they shorted out all of the safety measures and left only the weapons with nothing to guide them or stop them from damaging things they shouldn't Natalie Is not impressed by that. And we're not in the dark long. Um, The silver mist of a man that us and Natalie saw is Sean Carey. And he's pulled into Walker Tower to speak with, of all people, Mr. Walker. Surprise, surprise. Sean was kidnapped and this was done against his will. He tries to hit Walker, but he can't. He phases right through him. That's a bitch. Mr. Walker laughs and then shows Sean his new costume and his identity, which is, of course, Silver Mist. Um, The suit will help him concentrate his power and let him move fast without being naked. The kicker is just like with any other kind of phasing. If you get stuck in a solid object, that's it. You're dead. And silver mist in order to keep phasing, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to figure out a way to vibrate his molecules. He has to keep moving. That's a little bit harder to do. Uh, bummer for him. Of course, yeah. uh, Walker promises that if Sean completes his silver mist duties, he'll reverse the process and get Sean and his kids and his career back. Sure, he will. Those duties that he wants steal the power source from clark that steel is suing, uh, is using excuse me to to uh to power all of metropolis for free that's it's the backbone of his entire plan is built on um walker wants that power for himself because free energy does not make money the whole damn Excuse me. The whole fam family shows up and John offers his explanations of his idea, his speech, what he can do with the technology. While he's explaining his motivations, somewhat inspired by John during Clark's absence, while that's going on, Nat sees Silver Mist and goes to investigate alone, even telling security to not tell her Uncle Steele. Silver mist phases through a building and then through Nat, sending electrical charges everywhere. If it destroyed all of the safety protocols in the steelwork security systems and set the weapons firing all over Haywire, what does it mean here? Um, Can't be anything good. And does it mean that Nat is about to lose control of her armor while she's inside of it? Because... Oh, no. Um, with Basri, Sifuentes, Rainer, and Dollhouse, and Herms uh, working together on an issue, you know it's going to be easy to look at, even if it's hard to read. Luckily, Steelworks number two is on par with the first issue, which was absolutely amazing. The way Dorn writes a narrative and the voices, I could easily have been content with just reading a story about John setting up this doomsday force field. But there's that. And now there's so much more. Plus, John is screwing up by not helping Lana plan for the wedding.
2: Yeah. Priorities,
1: man. You're fucking up, John. Yeah, so as,
0: as Jane Nakamura says, don't tell your wife you're just not feeling it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never
0: say that to your wife.
1: Never say that to your wife. Um, I, I think it was a hell of an issue. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far. I I can't wait for more. Uh, Two things got me here. Uh, One, I'm looking at these files from steelworks in the back and I'm thinking that's all just extra stuff to add to the reasoning behind John's decision to make the force field. But I, I'm hoping it might be a little bit more because we see some things out there that are pretty random, uh, but they are all wrapped up with one that mentions Superwoman and not Lana Lang not being Superwoman. It mentions that she is. It never mentions that she loses her powers. And in other files, it does mention when people lose their powers. So that's weird. Might not mean anything. Second thing: Where is Connor supposed to be? Is Superboy is Superboy supposed to canonically be on that other planet? This is where that story, and I, I I really do like it. But this is where it gets weird for me. I don't know where he's supposed to be. He's in a lot of books right now. Um, it's, it's the time lightning stuff that, that gets on my nerves. But uh, definitely not Steelworks' fault when it's a conglomerate of every Superman book involved. They just can't get enough Superboy, I guess. But this one, I got an 8.5 out of 10. I mean...
0: Connor is also in action comics right now. And I think the problem yeah. is the 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 Superboy book right now was supposed to be if it won, it would have come out last year when Blue Beetle came out, right? Uh, uh unless it was or was it the f- first round robin? I don't remember. The point is it was a round robin book, so it, it wouldn't have been coming out around now anyway. Um so I think because they decided to publish it now, they just decided to push it into current continuity. So it does kind of fuck up the timeline there. But I, I'm it's just I, when I'm like, when I'm reading it, I'm reading it as okay. This happened like in the past. In the past, a little bit. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, because cool. he's not even in his new jacket, right? He's in the
1: old suit. So. That's very true. Yeah. Easy way to say that it's in the past. Excellent <laughs> problem solved. All right. Um, I what didn't did have much.
0: Didn't have much to say about Steelworks. It was really cool to see Jay Nakamura pop up again. Um, yeah, as PR still, guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still, still in the super world. I'm happy to see him around. Uh, apart from that, though, i I didn't dislike this issue. I will say that now. I did not dislike this issue, but I didn't find it super interesting either. I was having trouble paying attention the whole time. It was just like. I Like, I know this is issue two, but it doesn't yeah. feel like anything really progressed here. We got intro into more of the villain story, but then as it comes to actually with Steelworks itself, not much mm-hmm. happened. Like, it feels like John is still trying to convince people that this is a good idea. Oh, I, I don't think like he's crazy. trying to
1: convince anybody. I think he's saying, hey guys, I'm doing this. Here's why. But I mean, I I'm I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. I'm just letting you know, you know. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs>
2: so but he at least up, he at least wants
1: the super fan on
0: his side, though. That's the thing. He at least wants them on his side. I don't think he wants them to to dislike the idea. No, sure and it's no. just and it, it felt like a lot a <laughs> of of just taking up pages for something just like eh, i feel like the super family would be a bit more understanding and i'm waiting for clark to pipe up with i think it's a good idea <laughs> like, why why hasn't this happened yet well it um, hasn't it happened yet
1: That's exactly an excellent question um
2: Cause to me, like the whole thing with Superman,
0: the whole reason he put on the tights is the same reason Bruce put on the tights at the end. It's not necessarily to be there and be a city's protector, but just to help people. Initially that was the whole goal was to help people. Yep. Right. Yeah. And if that's what John Henry's doing, he's doing this to help Metropolis and help the people, then Clark should be right on board right away. Like, this is we're doing this to the point that we don't need to do it anymore, right? You have that's, to be carried. That's the end game,
1: uh, bro. You got to be careful with that kind of logic, or else you end up supporting Lex Luthor.
0: Y'all see my
1: head, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's out, man. I do. (laughs) Help me, help me, please. I'm in league with a (laughs) supervillain.
0: Easily my best cosplay to date. Um, Yeah,
2: but like, so for for Batman, that's his end game.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For Batman, definitely that's his end game. He's always said, like, he wants to fight till there's a Gotham that's at peace that to the point that Gotham doesn't need him anymore, but then the next creator will come and Like Batman will always be around Terry McGinnis. Like, okay. <laughs> so Bruce just fails, but with Clark, like there's, Gotham there's a fine line between. Batman. Exactly. Yeah. There, there is, there is a line between. A, okay. A fine line between uh, help Metropolis till it doesn't need our help anymore. And, get us to that point but don't go away you know like get to a point where metropolis is just safe and you don't need to be paying attention to metropolis 24 7 and feel like you need to be prepared for the next attack but like if there is one
1: you're still right
0: there you're still right there and you're still going to be there to help but get help get those people to a point that they could just live their lives carefree not in fear of when is a supervillain gonna bust down the doors in of my office and kill everyone. And it sounds like that's what John Henry's
1: doing. It does, which it sounds like, like that.
0: Yeah, which I am like, all for. So I'm surprised well, that Clark hasn't spoken up yet. But that's that's just my take on it. I could no, be completely wrong about Clark here.
1: <laughs> every city has its crime, you know, metropolis isn't without
0: it. Yeah.
1: But it is, as far as crime goes, pretty damn good. Yeah, Metropolis's problem is that you know every once in a way, every once in a while, some hulking monster or death ray is going to try and blow it up. Exactly. Just needs a bubble. What's wrong with a bubble? Absolutely. Nothing's wrong with a bubble. No <laughs> bubble, and that's that's why I was so
0: surprised to see the idea of of. I what was it John and Kara or Connor and Kara were like you're trying to make us obsolete like no that's not <laughs> what he's trying to do no. that that has nothing to do with this and and to me that should have been one of the first things out of out of his mouth is no I'm not trying to make you obsolete I'm trying to make it so you're not as needed I'm trying to prevent property damage I'm trying to prevent mass casualties while we're busy dealing with the monster of the week we're making sure that the buildings and the people are still standing.
1: Right, because there's Clark, there's John, there's Connor, there's Kara, there's uh, Paige, there's Keenan, Ortho, and Osul. So nine. Did I miss anybody? I think that was it. I don't even think Paige was there. Okay. Let's go with eight. There's eight supers hanging in Metropolis at all times. Why does Kara think that Metropolis needs that many supers all at once. Exactly. One time. That makes no sense. What's Sounds like your lazy Where's ass just don't want to go next door to Boston. Boston <laughs> needs help too. Yeah. What's wrong with you, Kara? Fucking ignorant. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, man. Um Oh man. But yeah, I mean, I, I wish, I wish you were enjoying it more, but maybe something will happen in the upcoming things. I, I, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it It just, it was just kind of dull. dull. This issue was
0: all it's got good bones. It does have really good bones. Like I can definitely see this, this book excelling just this issue was just a little dull for me. There's a lot of, I, I almost want to say exposition in a way, just,
1: Kind of I, need, just, I need
0: more substance.
1: You feel like it was over explaining what was, what the whole plot was basically taking too long Pretty getting that much. explanation out. Yeah. Yeah. I can that, see that, that.
0: that whole three or four, maybe even five page scenario that we were just talking about with the meeting with the supers. And we're just watching John Henry talk about the plan over again. <laughs> it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, but it still like looks really good. Um, 7.75 out of 10. Still enjoyable.
1: Well, that's a definite fair score. Definitely fair. Mine was 8.5 if I didn't give that already. Right on. Um, I'm starting to think that an attack from outer space might be one of John Henry's greatest nightmares. what do you think rob uh
2: i
0: think we should take a quick commercial break
1: oh he's right we should should. imagine not taking a commercial commercial break now that that's a nightmare (laughs) that would be a nightmare (laughs)
2: all
0: right stay tuned folks we will be back and we're back thank you for sticking around uh we we uh needed to take a little break because mcfarland toys just revealed today some new toys and we got excited (laughs) glow in the dark swamp thing and john stewart uh hell yeah i'm i'm kind of annoyed that this john stewart is the same john stewart they've already released twice in fact the accessories that comes with this glow in the dark version is the exact same accessories that come with
1: the endless
0: winter version (laughs) but this one glows in the dark
1: yeah, so, so the swamp thing was previous released as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can get the the non glow in the dark version for thirty dollars. Glow in the dark version pre order at Amazon right now only at Amazon fifty dollars. Yeah, which you know, I mean, that's cool. It's, and it's it a is mega very limited. Too, right? yeah. Say again,
0: it's a mega fig too. I think, like, it it's like oversized. A mega fig. Yeah, yeah, those are going to be more expensive.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it is limited production. there's three thousand of them, so yeah, same with John Stewart, yeah, makes them a, worth a little bit, unless you're in Canada, where everything costs a thousand dollars, yeah, you want and, a hamburger? Uh... Not if it's imported <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like
0: i I go on Amazon. It's only available on u s Amazon, and i i I'm able to order from u s Amazon, but after import fees and shipping fees. after exchange rate, too. $80 Canadian, I'm paying. It's priced at $30 American.
1: Yep. $30
0: American. $29.99. And probably with Prime as well. So no shipping fees. You're just paying the $30 plus tax and that's it. Yep. (laughs) I got to pay $80 freaking dollars because I'm three hours away from the border. Son of a bitch.
1: And I can't even get. If I ordered it and then sent it to you?
0: No. No, definitely not. It would be a hell of a lot cheaper, I think, actually.
1: Why don't we do it like that then? All right. Well we'll talk. We'll talk about it. All then. right. We'll talk about yeah. that. We'll talk about that. Let's talk about Joker. Yes. Before before just one more uh-huh. thing. Uh-huh. Okay, can I
0: can can I just bitch about the fact that that this this whole thing is kind of pissing me off? I'm not even able to order sinestro core batman because it's target exclusive and target fucked up when they came to canada so they ain't even here anymore so i'm just not able to get it how is anybody outside of the u.s supposed to get these figures todd mcfarland you You gotta have a friend that lives in the u.s what if you don't i sure i do i have a few friends but what if you don't you know like it's
1: such socialize get your your ass on reddit or 4chan you'll find somebody to dog to (laughs) yeah
0: it's a big pet peeve of mine when these companies yeah (laughs) that these companies decide to just be in one country and that's it there's fans all over the world maybe like spread your love a little bit yeah like it's the seventies, you're hitchhiking across the country.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Anyway, what,
0: man. We're taking <laughs> we're taking <laughs> a look at the night terrors events. Well, that's the wrong tab. Hold man, please. Yeah, it's funny, man. <laughs> All right, I'll get out of the seventies. You, you you sounded just like Tommy Trong.
1: That's who I was <laughs> encouraging, man. Hey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Leo, man. Don't best, take man. those. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. I love well, that. That's sound, Ajax,
1: though. man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> love all the old Chong movie, teaching yeah. Chong movies. All right.
0: So... <laughs> Uh, night terrors the joker we're taking a quick peek into the night terrors events if you want to learn more about it be sure to check out our bonus subscriber edition episode which you can access by checking out our discord page and subscribing for only $2.99 a month you get access to the discord our bonus review show and a little bit more including chatting with us whenever the hell you want yep
1: I all you gotta always do is pop a pill and enter on. the matrix Exactly. It'll cost a month.
0: I'm up at 4.30 <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, and then people go to bed at like 1 a.m. So there's pretty much someone to talk to all the time. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
1: So some of us have insomnia and never get to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all right. But, I get uh, to go to bed. I get a couple hours of sleep every night. Well, that's good. But um,
2: yeah. Yeah. night terrors
1: night joker. terrors
0: so this um this is written by matthew rosenberg with art from stefano raffaele with colors from romulo Fardo, jr and letters from tom napolitano a very simple one uh we open on a stormy rooftop in gotham city joker and a couple of his cronies are fighting batman uh batman charges a joker Joker dodges to the side, Batman slips on the rain and cracks his skull open and then slides down the roof and Whee! falls onto a car and <laughs> he's dead. Done. Oh, not not even on a car, on the on the pavement. Sorry. Yep, splat. Yeah. Yeah. He's just dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Joker Literal header. Batman. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um. Joker decides to take the body uh back to his part. Well, honestly they go to a diner first and Bevan's just sitting there not even weekend at at and uh, it just straight on head back blood all over the cape and cowl on the, the, the bench at the diner just like mm-hmm. dead as, as a bat um, dead as but, a bat <laughs> yeah uh, Though accurate, to be fair everybody else in the diner is also dead because it's the joker well, um, I mean yeah naturally. exactly so Joker takes the body, hides it in his closet at home, and just tries to figure out what the hell he's going to do with his life next, because part of the fun is just, fucking the Batman. And with no Batman, like, what's next for him? Tries to be a pirate, doesn't really uh, find it, and just doesn't want to do anything. Doesn't want to commit any crimes. He just wants to sit around and, and watch reruns of uh, various shows.
1: No, so it's not various shows.
0: It's Real Housewives of Metropolis. He,
1: he wants to watch Real Housewives of Mr. Metropolis. He's that bored. <laughs> rewatch. Seems to really have a thing for rewatch it. that show. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, the, I mean, that's the Joker. Completely fucking yep. crazy.
0: Pretty much. Um, but he is uh, ends up uh, also. What across... the fuck is
1: he eating?
0: I, honestly, it.
1: Peanut butter, I, chocolate I, chips, and and, and, marshmallows. and marshmallows with milk or beer.
0: I want to say beer, because <laughs> <Gross. laughs> that's that's
1: yellow. Yeah, I, right.
0: I, no matter what it is, it does not look appetizing. It doesn't, and look it's appetizing. all over his shirt. So, but um, sloppy. yeah, he's uh, he, uh, newspapers kind of thrown around him, and a jobs um, page lands on his lap. So he decides to maybe go get a job because he's bored out of a skull and he doesn't have any purpose in life. And he interviews at none other than Wayne Enterprises, and the man interviewing him is none other than Insomnia. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oddly enough, uh, Joker I'm is there in, in a full suit and tie with briefcase, glasses, slick back hair. He's ready for the office world. Uh, Mr. But, Kaiser. Yes, Mr. Kaiser. Um yeah, I forgot he he changed his name. Johann Kaiser. Johan Kaiser. Thank you. I was trying to look for the uh first name. I I could not tell you about Johan apart from the fact that maybe it's Joker, but do you think the Kaiser thing is Kaiser Sosa?
1: <laughs> no, I imagine that it's <laughs> if it's Johan Kaiser, it's J A J O from the first, K from the first, and then E R from the last. Yeah, the Joker in there, or just the on, just the initials J K is just kidding.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, so he gets the job quite quickly. And why did uh, his, you
1: think it might have been Kaiser Sosa?
0: Because it's a uh, like alternate identity and like
1: pretending to be
0: someone else. Ah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. The whole big ruse, nobody knows who he really is kind of deal. That would be. but but Maybe maybe a little deep. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) a little bit of a deep cut there. Um, So he goes on the the Wayne Enterprises database and tries to just steal stuff, but it doesn't work. Uh, Ends up talking to what I can only describe as the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, (laughs) working in the cubicle next to him. Honestly, that's the voice I heard <laughs> when I was reading this lady um, trying to explain to him what it is they do. And just like Kelso trying to figure out what his dad does on the Take Your Kid to Work Day episode of That 70s Show just doesn't figure it out. But eventually he just does a good job, <laughs> oddly enough. And he keeps moving up the corporate ladder, despite the fact that he is clearly insane. Uh, But every insane thing he does is blamed on somebody else, including murdering someone with a microwave Uh, and eventually becomes like uh, some next level executive and is just doing well at this job. And becomes really invested in the corporate world down to the point that he runs into his old uh, cronies and they're just like, the hell happened? You thought you were dead. And he brushes himself off and just goes right back to the world. He doesn't want to commit crimes. He's just invested in the corporate life at this point. Uh, but all the while this is happening, there's been reports of Batman cited around Gotham stopping crimes and helping people. Uh, but as Joker knows, that's impossible because Batman is hanging up in his closet, still dead. Uh, all the while, Bruce Wayne is being talked about in the public eye. So what the fuck is going on?
1: Very good, because Joker does not know exactly.
0: As we know, this is just a nightmare world, so none of it's real. <laughs> right, but um, it's still fucking interesting. Like, I, I I honestly thought it was hilarious at a good number of moments. It was one of the few tie-ins I was actually excited about, and for me, it did not disappoint. Like, I thought this was really good. The the art was well done. The story was well done. I really enjoyed it. It got an eight point five out of ten. I, I can go on and on, but all I'll talk about is the gags and the jokes. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> right is is fine, but like they're, I don't know, they're unsatisf- to talk about.
1: unsatisfactory jokes to the Joker, and that's what made it kind of sell so good. Yeah, um, the story was weird, but it was good. Um, it's curious- very much. The Joker kind of story. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this yeah. is exactly what you would expect. I I cannot. I have absolutely no idea what direction the next issue, the final issue is going to take. But I'm going to be there for it. Uh, this was not as this. It was not as funny as I thought it was going to be, as in like riddled with one liners, because I really thought it would have been. Mm -hmm. That's Rosenberg's bread and butter right there. But even the laughs are kept to a minimum in the dialogue itself. Like when the Joker laughs, it's never, (laughs) it's, yeah, no, it's, it's everyone else around him is doing the big
0: laugh because he's just saying stuff that he does. And everybody thinks it's hilarious,
1: even though he's serious. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I mean, I I didn't mind it. I liked the way that that was done. Um, It did make it funny in that way. It was entertaining to see exactly how he would be handling it. We all know it would not be good, but this is a funny way to do it. And it feels real. Um, It wasn't stellar. This isn't a book that you're going to remember forever, but it was damn good. I did dig it. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10.
0: Yeah. Like if you have a psychopath, like the Joker, what would his nightmare be a main mundane fucking life? Yep. Apparently him
1: and poison Ivy have something in common.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So with that, we're moving on to our last book of the week, which is adventures of Superman. John Kent, number five. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Hey Night Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right Adventures of Superman number five Not Adventures in LA <laughs> Written by I don't want to hear about Adventures in LA Quit it you dirty bastard Written by Tom Taylor Clayton Henry as the artist in colors Brought in by oh, Jordi Belair Wes Abbott letters and a cover From Henry and Marcelo Mialo most of the books we detail on the show, you won't be missing much from the story, even knowing what's happening, but they are still worth a read. Um, but man, this this one was really good. It's, it's paced almost as fast as Deceased. Um, it's the perfect balance of pace in this series for as big as the idea is, so I'm not going overboard. Seriously, go read it. This summary sounds short, but it's not. Um, The issue kicks off with John at the Insurgents secret base, the Insurgents being Batman and company, Uh, basically Batman, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, and Babs, Batwoman, or Batgirl. Um, Anyways, John's there, and uh, they're telling John what happened with Clark, what happened that turned him to the way that he is here in this injustice world. Of course, it takes John very little convincing um, to be the better Superman, make the obvious decision that Clark is wrong, and sees exactly where every line needs to be drawn, because he is not forgiving when it comes to Harley. He tells her no. Flip to Damien, who has kidnapped this world's Jay Nakamura. Clark isn't cool with it and says, let him go, Damien launches into a huge spiel. I put a tracker on John. Let's attack. Clark waits until John is gone. Although Damien is
2: not a fan of that. Um,
1: anyway, that's when after after John is gone, they, they they swoop in the whole damn team on the insurgency. They capture, uh, capture Bruce, Selena, Harley, and Babs and uh put them out in the public on the public square <laughs> and um selena and babs it's announced they get jailed bruce and harley tomorrow is execution day rut row bat boy um that's it that's the book that's what happens um but like i said it it, it sounded super short but it, it there's more to it than that and it was good um not stretched out for no reason. But like I said, that's the book. It's top of the game injustice writing. It fits no it fits very nicely in there with the lore. Uh tying it into the current story wasn't difficult at all. Using John, I could even see, I can even see it affecting John later on. Um in, in you know in regular continuity when he gets back home. Clark is very much evil Clark here, but he seems convinced that John will not interfere. Um, I'm confused by this because there's no tirade about he wouldn't do that to his father or not my son or anything like that. He's just very cut and dry. John won't interfere. Mm-hmm. Makes me curious. I wonder what Clark might have up his sleeve that's going to make him that makes him so confident feeling that way. Um, until I get to find out. This gets a 9 out of 10.
2: I am up
0: there with you. Um, Not quite a 9 out of 10, uh, say an 8.5. The countdown to Injustice title kind of caught my eye this time. I didn't even really think about it the past couple of issues that it definitely feels like this... DC and Countdown—it's counting down to something, even though right. it's not really counting down. It's counting up because we're going up in the numbers. But <laughs> it's
1: confusing.
0: It's going somewhere, and I definitely feel like next issue with with issue six coming, it's not the end, right? There's the end. there's got to be something else coming after it that they haven't announced yet, because um, it just feels a little too much at this point to just close out in one issue um i was not caught up on injustice comics i started to read it when it was new and then just fell off it um but it definitely looks like they shied away from the story in the video games very quickly because by the time injustice 2 rolls around hal is back in a green ring but in this, uh, I imagine this is after what year five in the comics? Yes. He's he's still wearing the yellow. So I, I imagine this diverged very much from the video
1: games. It's very, very it's such a good read, dude. Really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've heard that. I had honestly, my dad had all the trades. I have them in the house. I just haven't gotten around to reading them.
1: They're it's it's they're so good. They're yeah. so good.
0: Um yeah, so I'm I'm super into this. I'm curious where it's going to go. Um, I fuck, I just I really want to see the last issue now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. How do you and not want to see it?
0: I'm I'm going to leave a comic geeks right now to take a look at a potential solicit for next month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just to see if if I I'm onto something here because I don't even remember reading the solicit for issue six or what the cover is
2: interesting
0: yeah well the cover does say the injustice saga finale so we'll see
1: interesting but, but it the is 32 injustice pages finale and it's well 32 pages all right so we got time to fucking clean some shit up here <laughs> but, but apparently every issue was 32 pages so really according to league
0: of comic geeks so <laughs> i don't know this right was now.
1: 32 pages jesus apparently jesus, it sure
0: didn't feel like thirty-two. it pages. really really didn't so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see next month. Um yeah, no, eight eight point five out of seven for this one. Very, very exciting issue. Uh
2: we'll just have to see where it goes.
1: Yeah. All right. With no, that, Adventures in Superman was 24 pages.
0: Okay. So it's not 32 anyway. You maybe know with I mean. maybe with ads, it was 32. Mm. In the physical edition.
2: Seeing as
1: we, you're read a digital. physical edition. You're a physical edition.
2: <laughs>
1: you're <a> digital. <laughs> you're a digital copy. Nobody said digital copy. That doesn't. I, I was about to. <laughs> you were not dirty liar. You don't know me. Eight point five. You're Rob Canada. <laughs> <laughs> No,
0: no, okay. Was the, you don't know me? Was that Archer or Arrested Development?
1: You, oh, that was Archer. That was Archer. Oh, okay. I yeah. <laughs>
2: don't
1: know me. You don't know me. Actually, I think that was both of them. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to
0: these, Michael.
1: <laughs> yeah, Man, that was that. That's definitely arrested a <laughs> but you do that you do their you do her voice wonderfully <laughs> I, I should tell you that that, that that's oh, the you. best impression of her i've ever heard all right i wish i
0: could remember her name every time i think about her i never remember the actress's <laughs> name and i, I can't remember that.
1: what her name is either and that's horrible because she's uh, funny she's a she really is she's a been around for a long time saturday she, night live alumni She's funny in everything I see her in. I can't remember now. Yeah, really but anyway, I... man. Yeah, that top is three. the that's the wrap up. We got twelve minutes left to get off of here and get to our Smackdown, so yeah. we better put the Smackdown top
0: Straight three, on. top three books of the week and favorite moment. If you had one,
1: go. Oh right, number three is giving me. That would be Night Terror's Ravager. I absolutely loved it. Deal works number two coming in at second place, which makes sense because the numbers and adventure of Superman number five takes first place. It was just that damn good. And my favorite moment, and I don't know if you guys can tell listening to nearly every episode of this podcast, but I'm a sucker for dad jokes. And in the Joker, I love this gig It was so much better than my last job calendar factory they fired me for taking a day off that was hilarious (laughs) hilarious yeah fucking loved it that was my favorite moment right on
0: uh okay so my top three coincidentally i think all got the same score so it's kind of a three-way tie though i think as we've been recording i did kind of Change scores on the fly, so I'm not 100% sure, but just knowing how I feel about the books, it's kind of a three ways tie. Uh, so in, in no particular order, at number three, I had Night Terror's The Joker, number two, I had Adventure of Superman, and number one, I had Night Terror's Poison Ivy. But I really do feel like I enjoyed all three of these books equally. Uh, and favorite moments Ravager, very closely behind, very, <laughs> very close. Uh, favorite moments, uh, probably also from the Joker, where right at the beginning got a laugh out of me. The Joker just trips Batman. He would smash his head and just slowly <laughs> slides off the
1: roof. And Joker's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is it that he really what is it that he says? Oh, God, it was oh, so he, fucking hilarious.
0: I, I don't think he actually says anything. He just watches just the, the look he has fall. on his face yeah he just he just watches it happen like frozen in
1: in time just like oh wait yeah he he batman trips he slips in the water and then joker says ha that looked like it hurt you need shoes with better traction yeah and that then was he a... starts sliding, sliding down the down. top of the building and joker's like um did, did we do something going to make to... it more slippery <laughs>
0: like... yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was
1: hilarious <laughs> I don't get yeah. this is it some kind of trick
0: and <laughs> <laughs> then was like we should go check on him because otherwise we're just standing around on a roof like a bunch of clowns right
1: yeah. you <laughs> should poke him boss you poke him that's what i pay you for to do <laughs> shit like that is <laughs> i mean is it really was it really was a fantastic issue yeah um yeah for sure man yeah
0: rosenberg really gets the joker at this point i'll say
1: Rosenberg really gets character work. Yeah, he is amazing at writing eight, nine, ten different characters at one fucking time, and being able to represent a completely different personality in all of them, and do it true to who their character really is too. So I always have mad props for him um, making Task Force Z enjoyable. Would have been no easy task for anybody, yeah. and and he pulled that off really good. That could have been a complete and total nightmare, and I I enjoyed the hell out of it, even if you yeah. did keep calling it Zed.
0: I was gonna say,
1: better yet, making Task Force Zed enjoyable also
0: <laughs> a uh, <laughs> a difficult task. <laughs> and it just dawned on me, because uh, he's currently writing Joker, the man who stopped laughing. And the whole mystery there is which Joker is real. They don't even show you in this which Joker is asleep. So you don't know which real Joker is. They right. open up already in the nightmare. Yeah. That is bloody brilliant.
1: Fucking dicks. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta respect that, man, because DC has cooked its own goose way more than one time especially lately just completely ruining stories. Yeah. And um I'm glad Rosenberg or er, Rosen. But I'm glad he is on on top of it and keeping yeah, keeping the storyline straight, man.
0: Yeah. And he also wrote the puzzle box, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So this man just loves the Joker. <laughs> I'm all for it. Alright, folks, that is our show. Remember, if you feel like supporting us, check out our Discord server for only $2.99 a month. Visit our website, thegeekmatrixpod.com, for links to that. Did our Twitter, Instagram shows, and more. So be careful out there. Remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone.
1: No, for real. We promise.
0: Yeah, we're always watching.
1: Oh no!